sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line, hour number two, as we give you the edge bright and early in the morning, making it a profitable day. I am Dane Martinez, a.k.a. the spitting statistician, stable genius and vocal minority. And I got my man, Kevin Walsh, by my side every Monday through Friday in the morning here, giving you what you need as we put the fun and functional sports content as well. Kev, you know, we got more series to talk about, but I do want to take this opportunity to take just a step back for two things. One, Damian Lillard voted, right, named as the all-bubble kind of MVP, and they needed every one of his, like, averaging 50 points a game over the last three as the Portland Trailblazers go 6-2 and two to, uh, you know, advance and get there. Remember, and it's so interesting, right, Kev, like, Dame Dollar, before this, when we were going back and forth with confidence meters and how this would all look, he was saying, listen, if I ain't got a chance at the chip, I ain't playing. I don't want to show up. He had a small chance at the chip, and boy, did he maximize it. Yeah, listen, Dane went out there and did every single thing he could, and all of it was necessary in order for this team to get to the playoffs. But that is why, when we've talked about this, and we'll have more time to expand tomorrow, but that is why I don't buy this Blazers team anywhere nearly as much as others do because Damian Lillard playing 44 minutes a game okay and averaging 40 or 50 a game (laughs) in those games isn't sustainable and right the Blazers have now played in pretty much nine do or die games that is taxing I mean they've Basically, seventy-two. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Have they blown anybody out? Have they? Have nope. they played any defense? I mean, seasons nope. on the line against the Nets team that just kind of wanted to be jerks about it, right? And give them a tough time. And with two seconds left, the ball's in the air, and if it goes in, they're out of the they're playoffs. Gone. They give up a yep. buck thirty-three to that Brooklyn team with the season on the line. Oh, and Dane played the whole half. They played a Memphis team, right? They looked dead in the water most of the time. I mean, Memphis was up going into the fourth quarter. Like, those are all very real things. And I know the Lillard stuff is fun. I'm not taking away from it, right? Sure. You're asking me to tell you that he's about to beat the one seed in the West. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But deserved bubble MVP, what will be a very memorable run, I think, in NBA history, what we've seen here. For, he's got three three games over 60. No one did that since Wilt. I can't believe Harden or MJ or Kobe did right. not do that. I've never what done that. Incredible, right, right. incredible thing from Damian Lillard. Sure. No, I agree with you. Like, why did, why, did like, <laughs> why did, like, George Gervin never do that, right? Or Bernard King never did that. But I like how you sneak in there, Lakers in five. We will talk about that tomorrow. The other thing I want to mention, okay, Kev, because you were out in front of this, okay, talking about credit to um, Adam Silver, 
credit to the NBA and the bubble. Well, I'm even seeing now that like there's maybe new rapid COVID tests like developed in partnership with the NBA, for goodness sakes. And I got to tell you something, you know, we don't talk about this much, but as of today, it gets even easier for the bubble to maintain itself as a bubble as we once again welcome our radio audience around the country here to sports great especially the mightier 1090 out there on the west coast what's going on dane martinez and kevin walsh kev it's easier now why well washington wizards are gone phoenix suns are gone san antonio spurs are gone sacramento kings are gone new orleans pelicans are gone and those memphis grizzlies are gone that's six teams worth of personnel staff coaches right making it a little bit easier to be uh, safe in the bubble. Um, so kudos again to the NBA. But Kev, does it, I'm hearing maybe family members might be allowed in to take up some of those spots. Is that true? Yeah, I believe that would start, though, next round. These families Next round? After another eight yeah. teams exit the bubble? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, but that's the thing, right? So we've just lopped off sure. nearly 30, uh, a third right of the teams yeah. that are there six of the then 22 this, right yeah after this series we're going to take 50 percent of the current number that's there we'll and be down send to them eight, out. Yeah. so bringing in those families yeah you're gonna ha- you're gonna have plenty uh, of room for for them and when you look yeah. at the way the nba has been with their protocol like yeah i think that that's something that they have the breathing room to do they have the ability to test those families, quarantine those families, put in the necessary protocols, and then allow them to enter the bubble. So I think, you know, the only way to look at it is that the NBA deserves massive, massive success. And for those that were skeptical, I get it. And for those that were uncomfortable, I get it. I'm not saying that I wasn't those things as well. But I trusted in the people at the top of the NBA to get this right. And they seemingly did everything possible. And the one thing that always lended to my confidence, Dane, right, was Mm -hmm. the runway they provided themselves. I've said that phrase countless times here on this show, is they gave themselves, for some people, felt like too much time to get ready. People were like, are you kidding me? Like, that's a long ways away. And people were like, man, they've given themselves so much room for things to go wrong. And it was clearly the right call. And you have to give them credit. Absolutely, you do. And then when these six teams and their traveling parties kind of exit the bubble, it does, in fact, leave room for maybe family members to enter the bubble. And that's what you can do, right, when you're having a tournament to crown a champion. I still believe it'd be tough to have an entire regular season uh, in the bubble like some other sports would have to do. But absolutely, kudos to the NBA. When we come back on the other side of the break, we talk 76ers and Celtics and that series. We do that coming up next right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line. We put the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning. Kev, we stand here on the precipice of the NBA playoffs. We've talked about two of the series that get going today. we got to talk about the other two. You know I am plugged into this Philly-Boston series. I'm holding Boston. I think they might be able to get through. They will be favored in this series against Philly and in game one today as well. Before we go into the specifics, you know, Kev, when we talked about um, Utah, you mentioned how big it was that there was no Conley, right? You mentioned how big it was that there was no Bogdanovich already, right? Well, in Philly, they are also limping into this series. Obviously, the big name, no Ben Simmons in this one. How much of a chance do you give these Sixers that a lot of people think are going through turmoil, a lot of people think are a drama-filled team? They go in as the sixth seed, but they do have talent. And you have to acknowledge that, right? Led by Joel Embiid, who's banged up a little bit himself. How much of a chance do you give these limping Sixers up against what people think are a dangerous seed? Yeah, I think the Sixers probably have more than a chance than you would expect considering the Ben Simmons injury. Because I think the most important player for Philly is Joel Embiid. And it was always going to be Joel Embiid. And the intrigue with this series is what Embiid could potentially do to this Celtics team. And if he goes out there, and it's not about whether he's the best player on the court or not. That's a baseline, okay? He needs to be, by far and away, the best player on the court. And we saw him do that at one point this year, actually at TD Garden, uh, during the regular season. Had 38-13-6. I mean, they just absolutely had no answer for him. And truthfully, the only guy that they really can have a chance with is Ennis Cantor or Embiid kind of, you know, taking lazy shots. But if Embiid goes down to the post, they've just got but no choice. Where Ben Simmons, you know, is so valuable and will be missed in the series, will be defensively. Offensively, there's just so many things the Celtics can throw at them that I think the Sixers can still score. It's defensively. Because Ben Simmons is an all-NBA defensive player this year, probably one of the five best defensive players in the league. And Jason Tatum is taking that leap forward. We've seen that from him. And that was likely to be Ben's assignment. And that is Mm -hmm. now where I think this can really hurt them. I'll say as kind of a blanket statement here, I'm early. I'm going to look towards the total. And I'm going to look to play over. Okay, And maybe you could be a little bit more comfortable with the Celtics team total. Because, again, we're talking about Ben Simmons is one of the best defensive players in the league, okay? I think the over here is a safer play because the Embiid, as great as he is, it's not a guarantee, if you will. He has the potential to go out there and average 35 and 13 in this series. But he also, I mean, he had a game this year against the team where he shot 1 of 11 from the field, okay? That's the, Embiid is the flip here. And it's, it's a little off-putting when the biggest star in the series is the flip. No, that, that does make sense. I want to push you on a couple of things, okay? And they are both as it relates to Jason Tatum, okay? Because isn't there a universe where Embiid is not the best player on the court? But in fact, Jason Tatum actually is. And then the other point, I go into the player prop market, okay? And the point you made about Ben Simmons and his defensive impact. I was going to ask you about these Celtics and where you think the dominant score would come from because they're hanging props. And yeah, Tatum is at 24 and a half, but I believe 
part of the value of this Celtics team, especially down the road, if they make it that far in the playoffs, is that they are multiple on different nights. Different guys can be the star, whether it's Tatum, whether it's Kemba Walker, whether it's Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. You know, there's a lot of options here for the Boston Celtics. So I ask you, who do you think star shines brightest here? Is it Tatum, especially because Simmons will not be there defensively? And if so, would you be comfortable going over 24 and a half for Jason Tatum as a prop bet? Yeah, so there, there, there's so much there, but it's, but it's all good stuff. Here's the thing. If Tatum's the best player on the court, the Sixers are done. Because Tatum can go out there right. and be amazing, and Embiid can still look a complete tier above him. That's the ceiling, okay. right, that, that Embiid, we've already seen him touch from okay. time to time. As far as defensive matchups, here's the thing. As much as they're losing Ben Simmons, Embiid is still one of the most dangerous big men defensively the league has to offer. On the perimeter, okay. Josh Richardson is a great defender. Okay, Shake Milton is a plus defender. And Matisse Thibel, who we got in the report yesterday, Brett Brown is considering starting, is likely going to have to take some of these Tatum minutes, if not the lion's share of these Tatum minutes, to try and slow him down. And even as a rookie, I mean, he is a ridiculously good defender. So that will be very interesting. You might want to try and target whoever Tobias Harris is guarding because he's going to have an increased ah. offensive workload and defensively leaves a little bit more to be desired than your Thibels and your Josh Richardson's. And it could be Gordon could Hayward. Be it could be Jalen Brown. It's probably Gordon Hayward, though. And I think that might be where you want to look. And also as a sneaky, and I don't know if we'll get there, but with the playoffs, we usually get more player props than usual. If by chance yeah. we get Matisse Thibel over three-pointer props, I'd look towards mm. that. As a starter, he took a full more three a game. He was significantly less efficient as a starter. That's just kind of random to me. So if I'm going to get Matisse Thibel playing 30-plus, 30 35-plus minutes a game, right. and that three-point props one and a half with plus money to the over, I think that could be a good way to play it. I will tell you this as well, though. For a side on this, not locked in yet, early thing, I might take these six points. And I might even touch okay. that two-to-one money line, give or take, that this could be sitting at here and hope that Embiid is special for a game. Right. The other thing about Embiid is he can go out there and be the best player on the court. But does it happen again in game number two? Is it sustainable for him to do that, you know, what would only be four times, but four times in six games, four times in seven games? That can be the worry here. But I definitely like this total, and I'm going to be super interested to see if they'll give us a Matisse-style prop. All right, fair enough. Kev, let me ask you one other question, because it seems, and everything you're, you're saying right now, what I'm sensing from you is you think Joel Embiid is a huge key to the game and to the series, but the problem is he's also so volatile, right? Can he, like you yeah. said, he could look like the best player in the world at times, and then he could look like he cares more about DMing Rihanna at other times, right? So I understand that. But one of the things you also mentioned is that the way these Celtics are constructed is that they have no real answer for him, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I always say when we talk about this, the best guy the Celtics have to defense Joel Embiid is now wearing a 76ers uniform, and his name is Al Horford, yeah. right? That would have been the way. So I look in the prop bet market. I know it's a high number. You have 12 and a half rebounds for Joel Embiid. If there's nobody in the paint there, Right. If MB can park in the paint and dominate in there, 
Is he grabbing all the boards today, or is 12 and a half a little too rich for your blood? I think considering the kind of marquee performance that Embiid put under his belt against Boston, he still only got 13 rebounds. That number mm. does feel sharp. Uh, but this is the thing with his points number, okay? He can have a bad game and go over, say, a, a, let's call it a 26 and a half, and he can have an amazing yeah. game. He can go fly. I mean, he can fly over that number. And I would just add one more thing for you, Dan, and I don't know if this lands okay. at all, but there's something weird about this team needing something stupid to happen to them for them to actually start <laughs> coming together. But they have right. looked significantly tighter, I almost feel, since the Simmons injury. Maybe that is just a commentary on Ben Simmons. But I, I, I just don't know if maybe Ben and B just can't coexist. Like I know the Rockets had no Westbrook and Harden only played a couple minutes. But 134-96 to in that final game, and B, John, and Yap, and, and just kind of feeling himself, the shot profile changes a bit without Simmons, right? It's, just, it's threes and Embiid, yeah. and, that's, and that's what they're rolling with here. Like, there's just, to me, I, it's in a weird way, in this series, in only this series, the Simmons yeah. injury, I don't want to say it's a positive, but it's maybe a wash because of the other ways it could potentially help them. Yeah, listen, I know. We've been on other shows, Kev. Remember, and you're talking about is Brett Brown kind of on his last leg. That can create some tension, <laughs> you know, in a locker yeah. room as well. If a lot of people got there, you know, this has been put together, the process, right? And who knows what the process looks like if they defecate the mattress in this series. By the way, real quick, uh, Daniel Thies, eight and a half points is his prop bets. We talk Mavericks Clippers when we come back right after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right. We thank you, Christopher Welsh, for giving us all the news and notes that we need overnight here as you wake up bright and early in the morning here on SportsGrid. We also welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. What's up, everybody out there? Even earlier, Kev, out there getting up bright and early in the morning, hoping to make it a profitable day. That's what we do here on SportsGrid. If you are new to us, welcome. We also put the fun and functional sports content. And Kev, we've got one series left to talk about, the Mavericks and the Clippers. And I am torn on this one, Kev, because as we were talking about going into the restart, I made my position known to you. I said that I believe if every team is kind of fully healthy and is playing their A game, I believe the Los Angeles Clippers are the best team in the NBA, would be my pick to win the NBA championship. Okay, so that all being said, however, however, I love this addition of specifically Chris Stops Porzingis. He's scoring like 30 points a game in the bubble, not the 20 that he was scoring previous to the pandemic hitting. And, you know, commentators have been making the point he is a more aggressive version of himself. You put this version of KP and, of course, Luka Doncic together, and I don't care mm -hmm. who's on the other side. These Mavericks are sort of live, even with the amount of strong two-way players that the Clippers can support. I know the Clippers are big favorites in this series, and ultimately, I do think they will advance. What do you think, though, Kev, about the potential 
of Luca and KP. And talk to me if you're concerned at all about KP being listed as probable for game one. Yeah, you'd much rather have the guy be 100% in a full go. And if sure. Chris Dapps is going to be anything less than 100%, that's going to make this very difficult for this team. But let's just make sure we get this out of the way. In the same way that people say, oh, Damian Lillard can be the best player on the court in any given game, right? Now, that does not yes. mean he's better than LeBron. It means that in a single game, he can go out there and be the best player on the yes. court. Of course, the same exact thing is true for Luka Doncic. I understand that Kawhi yep. is the better player. Okay, Maybe for some people will say Paul George is also the better player. I wouldn't say that. But some might say that. But Luka has the ability to go out there and be the best player on the court. But this is actually, Dane, a, a series that I'm not all too in love with the pre-series prices. I don't find yeah. myself with a, a heavy lean on either side. I look at that total, right? It's going to be you know about 230 or so, a hook maybe either direction. The game that they played in the bubble? went over. They played two games, though, during the regular season. Both stone-cold unders, in fact. So, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have a super strong lean here on the total. But here's what I will tell you for the side. I think it goes to show how this series is very much so a somewhat of a toss-up, depending on the number. We always talk about it. We're here. We're doing the early line. Okay? Right. I want the late line. I want the last yeah. line. Because here's what I'm going to wait on. I'm going to wait on Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harris, right. and let's even throw Landry Shamet in there as well. If these guys are all a go and this game gets put up to an eight, an eight and a half, I'm going to take the points. Because Montrezl Harrell should be completely ineffective in his first actual real basketball game in right, right, forever. Right. And Patrick Beverly playing a full complement of minutes would surprise me. And I'm not moving blind significantly because of Landry Shamet. Or these guys are listed out. And I hope that it can take this number that you and I saw on the weekend on betting around the rim at about a four and a half, a four. Hopefully, if those guys are listed out, Chris Dapps is a full thumbs up, and this comes down to a four, then I actually might look then to lay the number with the Clippers. Let me ask you something, Kev. This one, so far, out of all the ones that we're talking about that where the series starts today, this is the series where I think I might sit the action out until after game one. I kind of want to see how this goes down a little bit more, right? I want to see if they can handle Luca. I want to see how does Harold look in his return. I want to see is Lou Williams just firing away, right? I, I kind of want to see some things in this series before I put my money to back anything. Because as we've discussed, and I think, you know, the Luca and KP potential is something I want to get a better read on against this team. See what Doc is trying to do against them before I know. Because for me, at least, there's a wide range of outcomes. I know it's 2-7. I know I started this all by saying I think the Clippers could win the NBA championship. And I do. But something inside me says I want to see how parts of this play out before I put my money down. Let's just put it like this, okay? The Dallas Mavericks have the most efficient offense, not in the NBA, in NBA history. Points per yeah, possession, they have the best offensive rating ever. And again, I know I've said this a number of times. People will see that and be like, oh, that's wacky. I'm sure 2020, who doesn't? No, 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 no. The offenses that they sit next to are not also the 2020 Hawks. No, they are up there with the Showtime Lakers. Okay, Jordan's Bulls, 
the 73 right. and 9 Warriors, okay? The Rockets teams that bended earth and hit 43s a night, okay? A couple of years yeah. ago with James Harden. And they're above all of them. The, the right. hole for Dallas has been crunch time offense and inability to finish games. In fact, when these teams played in the restart, okay, there was an opportunity at the half where the Clippers were only up one, and you could back this team. They won the game by 15. They somehow have fallen apart what felt like time and time again at the end of games. But if you remember that overtime win against the Bucs, right, and Giannis was still out there, and Lucas throwing the ball between his legs with the game on the line, like, do they find something here? Maybe. I don't know. Okay? But if so, if they can have what is, again, the most efficient offense in NBA history, right. maintain that level of sex, success throughout the game. Because, again, their crunch time offense is bottom five in the NBA. Those things don't make mm. any sense. If they can maintain that success for 48 minutes, they're live in this series. Period. Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's the thing, right? So, And that's the way I kind of framed it at the top. I love the Clippers, right? But but it's fair to have a guy like Luka Doncic scare the ever-believing Jesus out of you, right? When you want to go go ahead and bet against him, because like you said, he could be the best player in the court. If they were to do so, though, you know, late game offense, all that stuff that you're talking about, right? If they were to finish the job, I got one other uh, prop that I want to test you with, right? Because I sort of think if they go, it's going to be Luka, right? It's going to be Luka that kind of turns into Damian Lillard or LeBron James, and it's just like, hop on my back, boys. I'm refusing to make this. And I think that's going to happen for at least one game, okay? I'll say that right now, okay? What about this, Kev? Luka Doncic to record a triple-double. Yes, mm. plus 225. I know that's the odds right there for just game one, right? I yeah. believe it's going to happen at some point in the series. Plus 225 is nice value. And listen, isn't it part of the – I know it's a narrative, but – if Luca wants to get a game, he's going to have to go full on, you know, full on beast mode. No, of course. I mean, from the restart, he had three triple doubles and was two rebounds shy of go. a fourth and a fifth, a fourth and a fifth. That's a lot. Right. Like over half and, the time, right? It's very close to over half the time, and I'm getting over two to one for the bet. And I, I think what you have to now, Luca actually played a lot of minutes in a lot of these games here. But the minutes are going to be then consistent. Like he's going to play a ton. The ball is going years to be, old. Yeah. <laughs> the ball's going to be in his hands all the time. So right. it's one of these things sometimes with the prop market. Do you feel it's? We're talking a little bit about like Damian Lillard, right? With some of those numbers that right. were like, do you feel comfortable right. playing under? I know it's high. But do you, do you like which, what side <laughs> right. would you rather sit on of the number? It's well, like, I took the under and it cashed me on Saturday, but you know, right? But, but you yeah, went to the last game, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I sure did. Like, no, sure a couple did. of those other times were like, eh. I, so I, I just, said I it right. Yeah. We said it on Friday on the early line. I was like, you can't take the thirty-six and a half or whatever it was. And yeah. then what did he do? He went out and dropped like forty-two, I think, in that yeah. last game. Exactly. So again, for Luca to go out there, and that's one of the things. A lot of times people don't like betting star player props. They feel like they're far right. too sharp, and I totally understand right. that. But I think in the playoffs, it can be a different animal. It, it also, too, I don't mind betting star props because these are the guys that I have the best feel for. Personally, I feel. Okay? And, I'll, and I think Isn't I can that what makes them the sharpest lines, though? 
Isn't that what yes. makes them sharp? Yes, absolutely, right? But also, the playoffs, like, things will... Kawhi Leonard will take more shots. Luka Doncic will take yeah. more shots. So the yeah. avenue to potentially beat them might be your game one before we then, you know, all come to the, oh, Kawhi's going to average 30 a game here in the postseason, huh? Right? So those are the kind of things that I think you, you're going to want to keep in mind here. I'm not positive I'm going to play these prompts. We're going to wait because, yes, these numbers are always sharp here. But I think specifically backing Luka and saw a market you've talked about a lot, points, rebounds, assists. Let me just take yeah. the, all of them and hope the total gets me over there. Again, it's going to be a massive number. But with the way he's been, I think that can be another prop to look at. I was looking at that for John Morant on Saturday, and he, I think, had a career high in points. So flew over all of those numbers. Those are the four series have that get going today. I would be remiss if I didn't mention we'll talk about them a lot more tomorrow. But Orlando and Milwaukee get going tomorrow. Milwaukee, a huge favorite, obviously, in that series. Miami and Indy in an interesting 4-5 matchup. They played like two times last week, you know, about Warren and Butler going after it. Oklahoma City and Houston. We got to keep an eye on that Russell Westbrook news, Kev, because right now the Rockets are still minus 140, 150 or so for the series. But I'm a little concerned about Westbrook. We've talked about the Thunder in that one. And then, obviously, the nightcap tomorrow will be the Lakers against everybody's darling right now, including my own, Damian Lillard, and the Portland Trailblazers. When we come back, we turn our attention briefly to Major League Baseball. There's teams back in action, and then there's other teams. We don't know when they're going to be playing again. And then there's other teams coming right along. We'll talk about it all when we come back right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and of course, I'm joined by Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we haven't talked much baseball here because, you know, the NBA is taking center stage as they officially start the playoffs. Of course, we also did talk a little bit of NHL playoffs earlier in the show. Big shout out to our guy, Scott Wetzel, who you can catch on Bagels and Bad Beats here, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time on the Sports Grid Network. But Kev, you know, I do want to look at baseball real quick for a couple of reasons. One, if you look at the NL Central, Kev, okay, you know, the Cardinals finally got back in action right over the weekend and they got double headers against the Cubs. And it's ironic. Now the Cardinals stand at four and four, right? Meanwhile, the Cubs are running away and hiding at 13 and six with one of the best records in the national league behind only the Dodgers in the national league. But now also in that division, Kev, uh, the Cincinnati Reds are on pause because they had positive tests over the weekend. We see the press release from the Cincinnati Reds here on the screen. Now their games were postponed against the Pirates. And honestly, I don't know if this is the way you think about it, Kev, but I feel bad for the Pirates. I really do, because they were on pause before because they were supposed to have a scheduled set against the Cardinals. And now they're still there twiddling their thumbs because they were supposed to play against the Reds. If you look at the NL standing, the NL uh, central standings, the Pirates are now, you know, four and 14. I don't think they're contenders, but this is the ripple effect 
There is now two teams in the NL Central that have hit pause, even though the Cardinals are back in play. But the Reds are now on another hiatus. Yeah, I mean, teams kind of sitting out due to another team's COVID concerns is normalized. Like, the Pirates have played 10 more games than the Cardinals, right? So, like, I, I kind of, like, from the Pirates' perspective, obviously it stinks, but, like, yeah, it is, it is what it is to me. It's the fact now that, you know, Major League Baseball was set up, what was for, you know, everybody's back. Let's get through this, guys. Hopefully we're done here. I know we got a lot of doubleheaders coming up, but we should be okay. And then right away it's like, nope. Here we go again. And I think yeah. now we're going to get to a point with the right. Central where you might really look at it and actually be able to justify using the winning percentages more than we initially thought. Now, yeah. to be honest, they don't care, right? Like, eh, we'll justify whatever we want, right? They can do yeah. whatever they want in that regard. The point, though, is now, right? If everybody is going to be off, right, because we've had, of course, the Cardinals miss an extended period of time, and if now the Reds mm -hmm. are about to miss an extended period of time, it very well could just be a, all right, whatever, let's just get this done with, and whoever makes it, makes it. Yeah, I think, here's, here's the thing, Kev. When we were all talking about, oh, baseball is back, and how happy everybody was, you know, it was kind of like from the fan perspective, oh, we need this for normalcy in our country, right? It'll be so great for the fans to be back. No, it ain't. Kev, you know what this is about? This is about getting to the playoffs to put on the television show and satisfy network partners. That's all this is about, right? So if we can get to the playoffs and you could put it on air on Fox in prime time, Major League Baseball and the owners will be happy. And if some teams need 47 games, if others take 58 and some take 50, like we've heard the Cardinals are going to try to get to with double headers and the like. Don't get it twisted. This is not about your enjoyment. This is about Major League Baseball and the ownership fulfilling their existing contractual obligations with networks. That is the driving force here. So it's going to look real sloppy until we get to the playoffs. I also want to ask you about the AL East, okay, which is not necessarily tightening up, but it is one of the divisions where you have three teams over 500, the Yankees have run away and hiding with 15 and 6 as their record. Tampa's looking good. Baltimore even looking good, a la the Miami Marlins in the NL East. I bring up this division, though, because of two big-time injuries, Kev, over the weekend. Okay, The Toronto Blue Jays are playing the Baltimore Orioles now in division, but they will be without Bo Bichette, one of their young studs. And then I find it interesting, Kev. Every time I bring up my guy, Charlie Blackman, and his batting average, you tell me not to forget about DJ LeMahieu. Well, unfortunately, the Yankees will have to forget about DJ LeMahieu for a short stint. He's going on the IL, swinging a bat over the weekend. It looked like a thumb, a wrist injury. Looks like they're calling it a sprained thumb. He leads the AL, okay, with a 411 batting average. Judge is out for a stint. Stanton's out for a stint. We do at least get a role. This Chapman coming back from New York for New York. What do you think these injuries have to do in the uh, AL East? Yeah, I think the Yankees being banged up is something that I'm so used to. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. The Bobashek yeah, one, I think, point. is important. Of course. But also last year, I would have told you that 100 times, and they still were just one of the 100 True. games. The Bobashek injury is important. Here's why. Boston's a mess, right? We're done with that team, yeah. right? I think that's fair to say. Toronto's 7-11, yeah. and now they just lost arguably their best player. 
I would say right now, the 12 and 9 Baltimore Orioles are favored to come third in the AL East. And there are hmm. two spots available for yeah. three, you know, what would be, you know, third place teams. I guess technically a fourth place team could get in if, if things were to work out in that way. But right. just take a look at it, Dane. I, I mean, take a look at the teams that are below them. Okay, Yankees, Rays, Twins, Indians, A's, Astros, right? Okay, cool, no problem, right? They have a better record than the White Sox, but all right, we think the White Sox catch up cool. The yeah. Tigers are next. The yeah. Royals are right there. Nope, not buying that. Are you in on the Rangers? Doubt it. Mariners are supposed to be terrible. The only other yeah. team is supposed to be the Angels, but the Angels have been bad. Like they're seven and fifteen yeah. to Baltimore's twelve and nine. Like Baltimore has a decent gap over them right now. All I'm saying is because we've joked about it a lot, rightfully so. It's hilarious. The Baltimore Orioles yeah. making the playoffs is, yeah. I don't want to say now likely, because I still don't know if I can pull myself to say that, but if it was even money on both sides for them to make the playoffs, I think you bet the yes. Yeah, I hear you. And then Santander for the Orioles is crushing the baseball. It is seventh home run over the weekend. It's also Tied for the major league lead, Kev, with 22 RBIs. Tied with a man, uh, I think you know his name. It is Charlie Blackman, tied for the lead lead in RBIs. You know, you make a good point here. You got to look at the standings, okay? And first and second place in every division will get in, right? And then two of the three third-place teams, at least. I guess you're right. It could potentially be the fourth-place team, right? Because then the wild card, they would just take the two after that. So, for example, in the NL, right, it would be the uh, Diamondbacks right now as the seven spot. And technically, the Padres and Phillies would be tied for the eighth spot, right? They are both one game below 500. I guess the Cardinals at four and four there at 500 would also fit that bill. But to the point, right, right around 500, you're going to get in in uh, Major League Baseball with eight teams getting in i also want to ask you though look at this nl east all right and i would have never thought this but the miami marlins are still at the top of uh of the food chain there they start a series with the new york mets you wouldn't have thought the mets would be in last place you wouldn't have thought the marlins would be in first place but yet both they sit there they are both coming off losses over the weekend how do you see this one shaking out can the marlins keep it going and are the mets going to still just fade into oblivion I mean, look, Steven Matt's a mess. Every time he's on the mound, you're going to want to bet against this team. Uh, I think the Miami Marlins hanging around a bit longer makes a lot of sense. But if I may, I, I really, because if we're, we're looking a little bit right kind of from the, the outlook view for some of these divisions here with the Phillies, yeah. the Phillies now are doing the same exact thing they did last year. Now, I know the Marlins are a bit better. We're giving Baltimore their due, right? But those are supposed to be right. two bottom feeders. And they are currently one in five against those two teams. And yet here they are sweeping the Mets. This is what this Phillies team that you and I had talked about, where they have this potential. They now sit two games off the lead in this division. They have this potential to be good, but they consistently lose to teams 
they're not supposed to lose to. And I just look at this East as a whole. And, you know, is Mar- is Miami going to fall apart? I don't know. Atlanta's already had big injuries. Juan Soto looks like the best player in baseball, and I still suffer yeah, right. doesn't matter for this Nats team. The Mets will trip over themselves, evidently, at every single point they possibly could. Like, if yep. you wanted to re-enter a futures market, I think, Dane, for a division winner, this point in the hmm. year, I think the East could be a good one. Because I honestly think you could make an understandable case for every single team on the board. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is going to be a gauntlet. It's ironic, right, Kev? Because we thought going into the season that the NL East was going to be up for grabs. It was going to be something of a gauntlet. They were going to beat each other up a little bit. We just didn't think the Miami Marlins would be part of that gauntlet at the top of the food chain. I'm also intrigued by these Western divisions, Kev. Honestly, if we go West, and big shout out again to our people out there, the mightier 1090, you talk about Juan Soto being the best young talent in the National League. Well, people down there in San Diego may disagree with you because Fernando Tatis Jr. is also down there, right? And I don't know if I would take Tatis or Soto right now, but I do want to draw your attention to two interesting series, I think, going on in the West, Kev. First of all, you have Oakland and Arizona, right? And Oakland, I believe, has the best record in the American League. They are winners of four straight. They stand at 16 and six, right? But don't look now. The Houston Astros are also streaking. They have won four in a row. They're starting to get back going. They are chasing the Oakland A's. However, Kev, in what I never would have thought of as a huge series a couple of months ago, those Houston Astros are seeing the Colorado Rockies. That team that has been hot at the start, but because of the Dodgers coming on late, they have to keep going. So I really believe Oakland against Arizona, Colorado against Houston, you know, these are not the division matchups this series in the West like they are in the Central and the East, but a lot up for grabs, especially at the top of these divisions where teams are playing well. I look, the West is hilarious if you look at it yeah, from, from both the American League and the National League here because everybody's streaking for the most mm-hmm. part. And right, four in a row on top, that, yeah. I think, I think these, this is going to be uh, an incredible, both of them, I think they're going to be very fun to track because I, I, you know, I don't buy the Rangers wholly. I think maybe the Angels could start to try and figure this out, but that's going to have to start happening sooner than later. Credit to the Astros. They found arms, I think, to still step right. up in some of the absence that they're yeah. seeing. But I will just quickly say, man, I mean, how quickly things can change. The last time I think you and I had the chance to talk about the Dodgers and the Padres was after a game yeah. where the Padres had took the first two in a series off of L.A. I'm like, man, I don't know about this L.A. team. Now that I thought they were bad or anything like that, I'm like, but they're just not winning the games they typically do. And from that point on, they've won five yeah. in a row. They've got the best record in the National League, 16 yeah. and 7, two games up on Colorado. And the Padres now turn around and lost five in a row and sit behind the Diamondbacks in the NL West. Yeah, absolutely true. They send Zach Davies out on the mound as they renew hostilities or maybe even start hostilities with the Texas Rangers. They are favored on the money line in this game, minus 135 on the money line. And the last thing I'll say here about the NL West, you're right. We'll see if the Padres can bounce back. But uh, Kev, Charlie Blackman went two for three yesterday, raising his average to 446. 
as the days of the calendar still continue to go away. Now, this is after 21 of his team's 60 games. We'll keep an eye out on that. We tie a nice needle bow on this episode of the early line after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line. And, of course, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Keep it locked all day long, okay? That's what we do here, hopefully helping you make it as a profitable day. And up next for us here on SportsGrid is the morning after. And so we are joined by our iGuy, Jared. And, Jared, listen, you know this as well as I do. I'm doing a show with damn Kevin Walsh, okay? So today is like Christmas morning to the kid. It's like he's in a candy store. So many opportunities to bet. There's literally afterglow shining off of him, if you can see it, in the shot. Okay. So I want to ask you how excited you are. But also, in some of these Western Conference series, Jared, there's a... There's some players that are going to be out that are very intriguing to me. We know about the Russell Westbrook injury. Mike Connolly has left the bubble to go for the birth of his child, which I understand. In the update, we even heard KP is listed as probable, not definite. What do you think some of the uh, injuries or leaving the bubble, the impact might be specifically? I think the Jazz are dead people walking without Connolly. Yeah, and it's funny, I, I, Kevin. I think we've discussed this before too. The, uh, there, there is a misconception around the league that the Jazz are this like significantly worse team without Mike Conley. They actually played slightly better than him at some points this season. Now, in the bubble itself, he has been very. He was positive. good in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's played well in the bubble, but it it is kind of a dichotomy because big picture, we've seen the Jazz play well without Conley this year. That being said, Denver's looked really strong. I, I think Denver's a team that really could surprise a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., 12-1, baby. Michael Porter yeah, Jr. Unfortunately, I think your Nets are done. Uh, uh, I, I think the Nets are, are, are kind of dead man walking as well. Uh, I, I could see a sweep in that series. Uh, I, I think Orlando also uh, is is in for a tough time against the Milwaukee team. That's probably going to be really fired up. Boston Philly intrigues me the most, I would say. Yeah, Kevin's doing the sweep. Boston Philly He's does doing the sweep because Philly is being written off. And I don't like it when teams get written off. So I'm not. We'll see if Embiid becomes the best player on the court. Absolutely. And I know you guys will be talking about it for the next three hours. Keep it locked here. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 